1: All right. Welcome back to the Washington football team declassified podcast. I am L E. We got Mr. Who in the building. Say what's up, Mr. Who.
2: What up, everybody?
1: We got Eric in the building. Eric, nice to have you. How you doing? I'm doing well. How's everybody out here?
3: Everybody's great. I can't hear anybody listening, so I don't know why I said (laughs) that. We already talked before this, so know
1: how y'all are doing. Yeah. So uh, we got something special today. We got a fan on the line. Her name is Tiffany. She has a lot to say, especially after yesterday's game. Tiffany, the floor is yours. Say what you got to say.
0: All righty. Well, it's more than after yesterday's game. Um, It's just that the team is not like it used to be. This year, to me, they really, really suck. And a lot of players do not deserve that at all. I know I've been looking at some of the um, podcasts and media interviews with Coach Rivera for one. The thing I got to say about him is, I know he say he has a different approach he has to take, but I think approaching the door is a good (laughs) idea. (laughs) It's just like seriously getting out because being a dedicated fan, this year, it really, really irritates me the fact that they play the way that they do. And I know he says their record shows how they are, but he forgets that he's coaching.
1: Right.
0: Like the type of coach you are is, you know what I'm saying, it's showing also. He has his hands folded most of the time on the sidelines and like shaking his head. So I'm like, why are you sitting there with your arms folded? instead of letting them know what they need to do. Like, sometimes I feel like I can come in on a game, halftime maybe, and talk to them myself. And I think I can do a better job of hyping them up than he can. It's, like, very ridiculous now at this point. And this year is supposed to be my first year going to a football game. But now it's to a point to where I just want to return my tickets because I don't want to be embarrassed. Mm.
1: gotten real out there i mean where let me ask you this tiffany where were you at on the ron rivera hiring at the time were you in favor and were you excited about ron rivera
0: well i knew it was a mistake when we played the way we did and we beat the panthers that year because we didn't have a good record that year so i know we beat them and then they gonna hire that coach and he was already on a losing spree that wasn't a good idea but the thing is though it don't matter what we want; it's what they want in their office, and I think all of them need to be gutted out too. Yeah, it's a- already. Huh? You got a
3: short. You got a short leash on these
1: guys.
0: But, well, sometimes you got to do what you got to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we appreciate you coming on here and saying what you got to say. Um, I know there's a lot of people, and trust me, I've been out on Twitter a lot as I've been able to today that to feel the same way that you do. Um, but we certainly respect and, and love to hear from you and everybody else out there. So thank you, Tiffany.
2: Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Well, hey, you know, Tiffany brought it strong. And listen, everybody might not agree, but everybody's allowed to feel how they feel. And I've, I've seen a lot of people out there today saying very similar things. We're about a year and a half into Ron Rivera's tenure here. And I think, you know, no matter how you feel uh, about whether or not he should be here, um, I think you have to kind of go back and say, Are we on the right track for the rebuild? That's the question that really has to be asked at this point. Um, I saw some comments from various people online today, and I think a good number of people say no. They don't really see what the vision or what the plan is right now based on the approach to the offseason combined with the results and based on how last year went. So it's a confusing time for Washington fans. I'll say that. And right or wrong, that's where a lot of people are. Winning helps that, but losing games is never going to make sense to people Um, and myself included, by and large. And so it's a hard thing to go through, especially when you get a new coach, you get a lot of new excitement and energy. And you're like, hey, things are going to turn around. But when you've been bad for 25, 30 years, it's hard to say, hey, wait it out. We're going to be bad a little while longer and then we'll figure this out, you know.
3: Yeah, I still don't understand how anybody under like 30 could be a a Washington fan. Like it just blows my mind. Just that, I mean, I, I'm i stuck with this team because they were good when I was little uh, and my whole like, you know, formative years uh, up, up and through, like all the way through high school, that was the glory years of Washington. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm in it for the long haul, obviously, because I, I don't have anywhere else to go at this point. But I mean, I have a reason like these guys, the kids that were born in like 91, 92, that are like diehard Washington fans. I I have nothing. I don't understand it. Good, good for them, I guess. But man, I have nothing for you.
2: Yeah, I'll do it they're, they're the real fans. They, uh, I mean, just like you said, they've seen nothing but dysfunction and losing and they've still come out. Um, You know, I can I can just remember the end of those glory days. So, um, you know, I I at least have an idea of what it could look like. And especially living in the area, just kind of seeing the effect it had on uh, everybody in the community and how positive that was. So I still have an idea of what it could be. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the fans uh, haven't seen any of that. And they're frustrated and they want change and they want some type of positive, uh, you know, improvement right now. You can't blame them. You
1: can't blame them at all. Yeah, I feel like I can count on one hand the years of genuine excitement with this fan base. I think when Gibbs returned, I think 05, the year we made the playoffs and that that late playoff run, it got off to a rocky start. That year, um, I was in Northern Virginia a ton. And that energy was so thick, you can cut it with a knife. Like people were like on board, especially, you know, that Porter, Santana Moss era. I believe those were the guys on the team. 2007 was another year there was like really people were juiced up for that and after that I think it was like 2012 was the next time that people really got into it and quite frankly I don't know that people have really been into it since then I mean I you know we had some years with Jay Gruden where we were cool but it wasn't like people were like all into it you know what I mean like there's it's just but three years out of god knows how many more is just not enough it's not enough something has to change and i do before we get into our review of the last game let me say this to a lot of people we as fans can't get dan snyder fired he owns the team the league is clearly protecting him and all the other owners for whatever cost it's to me it's it's kind of like this it's like we have to find a way to win in spite of snyder being our owner you just have to because we can't change that and so whatever coaches here has to figure that whole mechanism out i think joe gibbs had complete control of the organization because snyder knew better with joe gibbs i I believe ron rivera has that same type of leeway um so he has to find a way to make it work with snyder as the owner i also say this too nearly every other owner in the league is very similar to dan snyder you just don't see it it just doesn't come out like if you look up a lot of the stories of a lot of the owners around the league they're just as bad look at the guy from from indianapolis Holy crap. Yeah. Robert Kraft. Uh the Robert former Kraft. owner. Of, yeah, the former owner of the Panthers, Jim Ursay. You know, the list goes on and on. You just don't hear about it because they keep their house in order a little bit better with the dirt that they're doing. But you, you Mark Davis's haircut doesn't get any worse <laughs> than that. <laughs> right. It just we have to just hope for better results in the field. I get the frustration with Snyder. I just don't think that there's anything that we can do to change it. So I try to focus on what can be changed. And hopefully Rivera yeah, can do you're that. You're exactly right. All right. Um, We played the Chiefs yesterday and it was on Sean Taylor's uh, dedication ceremony. I don't the Sean Taylor stuff is everywhere. I love Sean Taylor when he played for us and I want to keep his memory alive forever. I don't want to get into too much about the ceremony and the quality of it or lack thereof. Uh, The game itself was an interesting game at halftime. We were up. Uh, It didn't feel like we were up. I'll say that much. Uh, And then, of course, the floodgates opened in the second half. Uh, Mr. Who you put out on Twitter? We didn't score in the second half, and they put up 21 or 22 points. Not going to win a lot of games that way. Let's start here, uh, Mr. Who. Let's start with Who Done It. Who's the reason that we lost yesterday? So Who Done It? Uh, well, we got a lot of choices
2: from Sunday. There was all kinds of ridiculous stuff happening in the game and uh, after the game, before the game, halftime. But uh, it, yeah, just like you said, I had tweeted out that uh, our offense got shut out in the second half of that football game against the Chiefs defense, who was at the time, statistically the worst. We've probably now overtaken them after giving up 500 yards of, uh, uh, of offense to them, but uh, the Chiefs defense was bad. They gave up big play after big play all season long. They were averaging 32 points, giving up on defense. And Scott Turner could not find a way to score some points. We had one touchdown. Uh, on Sunday. That's it. Uh, I know a lot of people are down on Heineke and want to blame Heineke. Rightfully so. He did not play well. He missed throws. He missed guys who were open. But if you're the offensive coordinator of an NFL football team, it's your job to understand that. I've got a guy with big limitations. I've got receivers who are injured. I've got tight ends who are injured, but I'm also going against the 32nd ranked defense uh, who's missing one of their big um, defensive linemen, who's missing some other players uh, that are out there. I should be able to craft a game plan that can attack those weaknesses. Uh, My starting running back, Antonio Gibson, shouldn't have 10 carries in the game. I, I get that he was hurt, but he came back into the game. We also have Jarrett Patterson, had one carry there's no reason he should have one carry there's no reason why we shouldn't have had more carries that's a game where you you can't hope to uh you know outscore the Chiefs but you should be able to at least say you know what we're going to make this game as ugly as possible for them we're going to run the football we're going to eat up the clock we're going to force them to have to score in two plays uh but we didn't do that we went three and out a bunch of times and uh the Chiefs just did what the Chiefs do and that is make it uh, us look silly, and the
1: rest of the league look silly. And that's what happened. Yeah. So, the primary who done it is Scott Turner for week number what six? Uh, God, I can't remember anymore. Just so many losses piling up. Now, Eric, uh, at this point in the season, Ron Rivera, you know, we're what two and four. The quarterback is starting to flame out. What's on Ron Rivera's mind at this point in time? I honestly think with r-
3: what's on Ron Rivera's r-
1: mind right now is that.
3: How do we get this turned around? I think he's still optimistic that this season can be salvaged uh, based on what I know of him. He's still looking at ways to fix what's wrong, which obviously you want your head coach to do. I don't know how uh, how correct he is at this point, um, but I think that he has established his way of doing things and he's going to continue to do that. Uh, so I think he thinks that he can still get this done. So that's what he's thinking right now. If I were Ron Rivera, that's a different question. I'd be wondering who I could replace Scott Turner with. Um, I'd be wondering, you know, maybe a forward pass instead of a horizontal pass would be great. Every once in a while, uh, albeit your quarterback can't throw it 20 yards down the field now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I would, you know, maybe be considering a quarterback change, but I don't know how much help that's going to be. Uh, Allen, I don't, you know, he's got pretty much the same or similar limitations than Heineke does. Uh, he just misses throws on schedule instead of off schedule. Uh, at some point, though, if Heineke continues to, I mean, he really looks, his body language has changed over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and if he continues to downward trend or trend downward, and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't back yet, I think you got to give Allen a look at some point. Uh, because defenses seem to have figured out that Heineke can't throw deep and they're making him do it and just sitting back waiting, waiting for to knock it down or intercept it. Uh, and, uh, you know, defensively, I think Ron Rivera really needs to be looking at what he needs to do to get Landon Collins out of the game, um, because it's just not working at this point. Um, so that's, if I was Ron, but yeah, I think Ron still thinks this, this team can, can make a change.
1: Yeah. And let's lead right into the uh, overreactions and, and game thoughts. Eric, why don't you kick us off, man? Give me your primary game thoughts from uh, this past week. Yeah, unfortunately, I
3: didn't get to see the entire game because I was traveling yesterday, but I did get to see a good chunk of it. Um, and just undisciplined play defensively. I mean, you line up offsides twice in a like twice in three plays, and give you know you know you've got a team on the ropes at third and five you stop them but your your defensive end Montez Sweat lines up offsides and gives them a first down um what is that that can't happen that's you know that's coaching and you know that's on Jack Del Rio um the offense I I it's reverting back I thought there was a little bit of hope that um Scott Turner's offense would take a step forward with a quarterback who was willing to throw downfield but he still loves east west man I, I and I he's not you're not faster than everybody in the league and it doesn't always work it, it seems like 85 to 90 percent of the plays he calls are just like straight sideways throws that that go nowhere um so i don't yeah i don't like that at all uh and we're starting to see more of that i can't i can't bear watching that anymore uh, or much more this season um and uh i don't think that was a I don't know how Tressway got called for a penalty on that uh, brilliant tackle where he took out a blocker and a tackler. Um, th- that's the hardest. This is one of the hardest things about watching the NFL, besides the fact that my team is terrible. The rule changes have just gotten ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, if football is almost unrecognizable to, to what it was even like ten years ago. Uh, and I understand player safety is high priority, but you've just it's got it's really getting out of hand where you can't. you I mean, it's got to be two hand touch football in another few years. Uh, something really needs to be fixed about that. Yep. Um, I, I agree. It is getting out of control. But your punter cannot have an unnecessary roughness unless it's Sabraka dragging a guy down the field by his face. That was awesome. Right. But that was a penalty. I don't know if yeah, y'all remember yeah. that. He just straight up tackled it. the guy by his face. Uh, yeah, <laughs> was so, but yeah, what, yeah. But easily, yeah. What Tressway did was definitely should not have been a penalty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Uh, Mr. Who, what are your takeaways, overreactions? So one of my thoughts on the game was, I know we, we predicted last week, or
2: at least I did, that uh, we'd get blown out by Kansas City. But we actually had a chance to win the game. I mean, if you were thinking about ways to win the game, uh, you would not have thought that we would have gotten two interceptions and a fumble recovery in the first half of football and have the lead at halftime. I mean, you could not write it any better uh, of an opportunity for a team to pull off a upset of a uh, you know far superior uh, team like the Chiefs, and the Washington football team said, "Nah, no thanks. We, we don't need the win. We, you guys can have it." And we just gave it back to them. Three turnovers in the first half, and we couldn't capitalize on it. We got seven points out of that. Um, that that was huge. That that to me kind of showed me that we're not ready yet to win. Uh, we're 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 a long ways from that. If you're a team that wants to win and that is ready to win and that is willing to do what it takes to win, you've got to capitalize on those points, on those turnovers and into points. And then in the second half, you've got to put a team away. You, you had the opportunity. I think we stopped them on that first drive uh, before they actually started to uh, to get going and uh, just dominate the, the rest of the time. Um, but we didn't do anything. We just kind of stayed the same and they, uh, they made their adjustments and uh, left us behind. Um, And the other uh, thoughts on the game, um, E, I think you said it, uh, there was something with uh, Taylor Heineke's uh, body language, like he just looked like he was either tired or worn out or just something, he did not look like kind of that exuberant, um, ready, bouncing on the balls of his feet, uh, raring to go uh, player that we saw in the first couple of games, uh, you know, almost seemed worn down. So I don't know what that was, maybe it's just me, but it it was noticeable. Uh, watching him play that uh, it just that that bounce, that little bit of burst energy that he had wasn't there.
1: Yeah, you guys all make good points. I want to say this, and this is sort of my overreaction. I think is starting to put up Dwayne Haskins stats. <laughs> so if you weren't a fan of Haskins, buckle up, because I'm looking at this. He was 24 of 39. He basically threw the ball 40 times. You know, what his average uh, four point seven yard average. 4.7, to speak to your lateral offense, Eric, his QBR was 27.9. He had 182 yards on 40 attempts. What? Wow. What? That's yeah, H- no bueno. No bueno. That's Haskins all day from what we saw from him. And so, guys, something's got to happen here. And then, look, we got a couple of things we need to address. I love Antonio Gibson. He has a fumbling problem. There's no he other does. way to say it now. He has a fumbling problem that he's, he needs to address or he's got to find a different role in the offense. I mean, every game he has a fumble, it feels like. Also, I was really upset last year that Scott turned to not include Antonio Gibson in the passing game. Homie can't catch. What's going on with that? Yeah. Like he, he's been dropping passes left and right. I mean, the guy played Easy. wide receiver in, in college, but he's – Man, something going on with his hands right now. I don't know what it is, but I love the guy toting the rock, but, man, he cannot catch to save his life. Last thing. No, I got a couple things. Dammy Brown looked better yesterday. He had a drop or two, but he looked explosive when he had the ball, um, at least coming out of his breaks. I like to see that. You know, he's got to get his confidence right. I think he'll take care of the drops issue. I was encouraged by that. He had six targets, three catches, only 30 yards, but he averaged 10 yards a catch. I like it. Terry McLaurin, one of the top receivers in the game, four catches against the 32nd-ranked defense. What are we doing? What is this offense doing? What is this offense about? Who's supposed to be featuring this offense? You know what I hate most about this offense? It doesn't feature anyone. We are not the Patriots. We are not the Patriots. This is not a Patriots playbook. This is not Patriots play calling. This offense doesn't feature anybody. It's just start featuring Terry McLaurin every single week, every week, force him the ball. Good things happens when he gets the ball. He only, he had four catches on eight targets. That's, that's awful. And I know a lot of that was because Heineke was off. We can't have that. You want to talk about why we're losing games and why we only put up 13 points in offense. It's that it's that we're not taking advantage of our best players. We're trying to be too, quote-unquote, multiple inside of this offense instead of just focusing on what we do well. Last thing I'm going to say, Jamin Davis has been the scapegoat and the target of this fan base since preseason, okay? Give him his credit when he plays well. Did he miss some things yesterday? Yes. He was active, he was aggressive, and he was involved. Give the man some credit. He's growing. He's getting better. He needs opportunity. Should he be playing middle linebacker? I don't know. I'm not a defensive expert. Would he make more sense on the outside um, in the 4-3? In the Probably. But that ain't my call. But he's on the field doing what he's asked to do, and he's starting to get better. Give him credit. Don't just hate on somebody because it's trendy. You know what I'm saying? Let the kid grow. All right, fellas. We are going to start taking a look at Green Bay. That's our next matchup. Green Bay just beat Chicago yesterday. I actually kind of believe Green Bay is better than Kansas City right now. So uh, but let's get into that. Eric, what do you love about the matchup with Green Bay? I love that despite what their defensive numbers
3: are at the moment, which I believe they are fifth in yards per game and like middle of the pack scoring defense. I love that they're coached by joe barry and he's terrible Uh, (laughs) and they will decline as the season progresses so i think that any team that has that handicap it should be taken advantage of so washington should i repeat should be able to put up some points because joe barry is just an awful
1: defensive coordinator and i will die on that hill yes agreed agreed uh mr who what do you love about that matchup
2: i also second that i agree (laughs) joe barry is awful But uh, they've got some big uh, injuries on the defensive side, right? The number one corner, Jair Alexander, he's not going to be playing. Uh, He's probably one of the better corners in the game, if not the best. Uh, Our old friend, Preston Smith, uh, I was just reading, he's got a a oblique strain. LaFleur thinks that uh, he might play, but uh, it's still too early in the the week uh, for us to know. So... Yeah, there's absolutely opportunity for us to score. Again, while, you know, Green Bay offensively is great. They've got a great quarterback. This defense, if we put a game plan together and actually stick to it, and just like you you said, focus on the guys who are really good on our offense, we can
1: can actually score some points and move the football. So that's what I like. I'm going to tell you, I don't like anything. Because every week we come out here and talk about what we like, and somehow we're having 13 points at halftime against the worst defense in the league. It just, there's not a lot True. to like against yeah. this matchup. And Green Bay is a better, one of the better teams. I'm sorry. Don't love much. Eric, what do you hate about it?
3: Pretty much everything else. Aaron Rodgers is going to shred this uh, team the way that I thought maybe Mahomes would last week and get, Mahomes didn't really wake up till the second half. Um Aaron Rodgers will probably wake up in the first quarter uh, and shred You know, the secondary, especially if they continue to trot out Landon Collins and Bobby McCain together on the field, just nothing good happens when those two are together. Um, And he is mobile and smart enough to take advantage of, you know, our defensive lines, uh, lack of discipline that they're still, although they are getting better, they're still not keeping their lanes and uh you know we saw that with mahomes this week and we'll see it more with rogers next week he's a lot uh more experienced than mahomes and will can and he can still make plays with his legs uh and make plays on the move uh you know our defensive backs are going to be helpless against their passing attack as they are against no matter who the passer is uh it's going to be even more so exposed against uh one of the top three quarterbacks in the game
1: and uh i i hate Yeah, pretty much the whole matchup. Yeah, it's not looking good from a matchup perspective. Mr. Who, give me your hates.
2: Oh, I hate that the the future next host of Jeopardy, um, Aaron Rodgers, is going to light us up. I mean, he's going to really be looking at this defense and finding wherever Landon Collins lines up, wherever um, Bobby uh, McCain lines up, and he's going to be throwing at them multiple times. Uh, during this game. So there's going to be a lot of big plays. One thing I think to piggyback off uh, what you were saying earlier about Jamin Davis, there was a play um, in the fourth quarter where Jamin Davis was watching uh, Mahomes all the way. Chase Young got himself blocked by the running back and Jameis took off and pressured Mahomes and Mahomes threw the ball away. If we are going to have any success, we're going to need Jamin to do more of that. I mean, his speed really came into play And it stopped Mahomes from taking off and or, you know, completing a long touchdown pass. So uh, we need that. But uh, I I don't like anything that has to do with Aaron Rodgers because he's really, really good. And our
1: defense is not very good. Yeah. Jimmy can't do it if he ain't on the field. Just saying. Um, (laughs) I'm a little salty today, if you haven't. (laughs) Uh, Here's what I hate about it. Green Bay has depth on offense everywhere. And we'll get into that when we talk about the position matchups. They may not be top-tier talent, but they got guys that can go at every offensive skill position. And what that means is it's going to be a long day for our guys. There's no breaks. You know what I mean? Um, who's going to cover Devontae Adams, first of all? Like, let's start there. Uh, Tyreek Hill was open all day yesterday. They just had a little bit of dysfunction in their offense in the first half. But if – and make no mistake, Tyreek, Tyreek Hill is fast. Devontae Adams is – a much better wide receiver than Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, in terms of skill, getting open, relationship and rapport with the quarterback, all of that. So I'm like really nervous about that matchup. And then of course they have two running backs that are pretty decent. A.J. Dillon's decent. Aaron Jones is really good. They can beat us in so many different ways offensively, especially with the showing that our defense had yesterday and pretty much every game this season. I'm not sure that I like this. And one thing I will say People don't give Aaron Rodgers enough credit for. He can evade sacks. You know what I'm saying? Especially from pass rush moves like our guys like to do, which is just to go straight up field and, and try to hit, beat the uh, the tackles around the edge. He's just going to step right through that and find a hole in the pocket and just sit there and sling it all day. So we got some serious matchup issues, and um, it, it just it makes me really nervous. So I'm going to jump into these matchups here. So let's go pass an attack for Green Bay versus our defense. So they have Aaron Rodgers, they have Devonte Adams, they have Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Robert Tanyan, and then our secondary, I'm not going to read their names until they play better, but you know who our secondary is. Uh Mr, who who are you giving the edge to?
2: Oh, Packers by a mile.
1: Yeah. Let me let me do this. Is anybody not giving the edge in the passing game to the uh to the Packers here? Nope. Yeah, let's move on. No, waste our time. All right. So they have Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon in the running game. Uh, I'm going to give their offensive line while we're at it. They have Elkton Jenkins. They have John Runyon. They have Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Billy Turner. Josh Myers might not go. He was doubtful this week. Let's see how he does. If not, Lucas Patrick takes his spot against our front seven. You know, we got, we got Allen. We got Payne. We got Sweat. We got uh, Chase Young. We got Holcomb. Maybe Landon Collins plays a lot in the box. Maybe Jamin Davis. Who we give the edge to in the trenches in the running game, uh, Eric? Um,
3: of course, Green Bay. Uh, it doesn't matter who this team is playing. Uh, until they consistently stop someone, they're not getting the benefit of the doubt. We're the 31st-ranked defense in the league. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 31st-ranked defense in the league in yards per game just ahead of Seattle. Um, points per game were last. And until that changes, they get, they do not get the benefit of the doubt. So green Bay all the way. Yeah.
1: Pretty, pretty much. Um, who, who do you
3: got?
2: Uh, green Bay, you know, the proof is in the pudding. We have not done anything uh, of real significance on our defensive line. Uh, we were supposed to, we were supposed to be extremely good, but the production hasn't come. So uh, until that does, we, you know, it's really hard to pick, uh,
1: them or anybody else. So, uh, green Bay. Yeah. Green Bay, enough said. All right. Flipping things. We got, uh, in our passing attack, we have Heineke, we have Diami Brown. We don't know the status of Curtis Samuel ever. Hopefully he goes, we got Terry McLaurin. We got Ricky Seals Jones. who has been a nice surprise. I don't think there's a lot of other guys in the passing attack worth mentioning. DeAndre Carter does some things versus uh, their secondary. You mentioned they're going to be without Jair Alexander, but they do have Rashawn. No, that's linebacker. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Kevin King, possibly he was out last week. Uh, Eric Stokes. And then um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if Kevin King can't go, they have Isaac Yadim. I don't know much about that dude. But our passive attack versus their secondary. Where are you going with it, Eric?
3: You got to go uh, their secondary um, because I think that, you know, the book is out on Taylor Heineke and they know how to beat him. Uh, and it's not a hard game plan to execute, especially with the injuries that Washington now has on offense. Uh, just kind of take away the short stuff and keep a, a couple of guys back there deep to just wait on the softballs that he lobs up. And uh, I think you've got Heineke figured out, so I'm going Green Bay.
1: All right. Who?
2: Green Bay. I mean, with uh, with what we have on offense in terms of kind of how uh, Scott Turner just likes to focus on one thing on offense, like this was the Ricky Seals-Jones game. We'll just focus on throwing him the ball and not do a whole lot else. Uh, it's just going to make it easy for them. I mean, they have already seen – you know, six weeks of Heineke. So uh, I, I don't think that uh, we're going to have any kind of trick uh, or any kind of new play or wrinkle uh, to throw at uh, Green Bay. It'd be nice, but uh, I doubt it. I'm going Green Bay.
1: I'm going to go Washington just because Joe Barry's the defensive coordinator and Alexander is out. Now, we could take advantage. Doesn't mean we will, but I'm going to give the edge to Washington. Looking at the running game and the trenches, Obviously, we have Antonio Gibson. Granted, he is hurt. He has a shin injury. He went to the blue tent for that same shin injury yesterday, came back out, played some more. We do have J.D. McKissick. We have Jarrett Patterson. We had our offensive line. And then in their uh, defensive front seven, they have Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, and Preston Smith. But well, we don't know what his status is going to be. Um, if not him, Ladarius Hamilton. Devondre Campbell, Jalen Smith. But Sean Gary, those are the guys that are going to stop the run in the trenches. Eric, are you giving the edge to?
3: Uh, Green Bay, because Washington's going to run sweeps all day. And uh, Green Bay is fast enough to stop it. So Green Bay.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to take this one here real quick, Mr. Who. I got to agree. I mean, until we see some more creativity in the run game, I can't. (laughs) I just can't take Washington. Eric, you mentioned a couple episodes ago. They have the one, run. one running play. Yeah, <laughs> and if you know, if 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 the quarterback is lined up under
3: center, it's play action like one hundred percent of the time. They're never going to hand off with the with the
1: quarterback under center, right? From an I formation, doesn't happen. Yeah, it's it's just not good, uh, Mister. Who? Who are you giving the edge of the run game to? Well,
2: just like you guys said, uh, it's gonna be Green Bay, but our offensive line is excellent. Like I I I post a lot during the week in these last several weeks about our offensive line, their uh, run block win rates. Like I, I believe they can run the ball against any defense, like just run the ball pass blocking is a different story. We're not that great at it, but running the ball, we can do it. Now that all depends on if Scott Turner actually wants to call a running play. And if he calls a different formation other than the shotgun inside handoff that whenever you see it lined up, you know, it's coming. Um, So because of the predictability, because Turner's reliance more on the pass, I have to go uh, with Green Bay. But I I think our offensive line is extremely good
1: at run blocking, and we can do it against anyone. And, of course, our favorite part of this matchup, let's talk special teams. Uh, (laughs) Our special teams this past week, they were better than average, right? Uh, Hopkins made all of his kicks. No, he missed one. Oh, he missed the critical one. That's yeah, he right. missed one in the third quarter. Can't, That's have right. that. You can't, Yeah, you can't have a good week. I wanted to give him credit so bad. And nope. Can't happen. He did hit from 50, I believe, though. I saw. Yes, he did do that. Then he um,
3: missed from 40. So <laughs> take, you know, take that how it is. And as
1: a result, we worked out two kickers today. So let's see. Let's see. It is what it is. Okay. We have uh, Hopkins, Tressway, Cheeseman uh DeAndre Carter returning and Troy Apke uh Green Bay has Mason Crosby Corey Bourgeoisque. I have no idea how you say his name Amari Rogers returning and uh Kylan Hill as a kick returner Amari Rogers is a punt returner Hunter Bradley is a long snapper Eric give me the special team's edge who has it well of course it's
3: the Apke factor uh he still has two tackles and two penalties uh, so, uh, but he's he's primed to break out and show us exactly why he's on the roster every, every time. He's a, one of he the He can't best even supplant team. Landon Collins at safety somehow. But he's a special teams ace
0: he the that doesn't
3: tackle of, anybody
1: and we, gets penalties. Because according to the coach, we don't see all he does. He's one of the
0: we best don't. special
1: team players in the league. He had a tackle on October. <laughs> he brings
3: blueberry muffins to the meetings, so I'm told. Oh, Homemade.
1: He had a tackle really?
3: October 3rd against Atlanta. He did get a tackle. He had a tackle September 26th that.
1: against Buffalo.
3: Where were you? Oh. When you saw Troy Apke make a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> I remember where it's like 9-11. Oh.
1: Everybody remembers exactly where they were when it happened. Oh my God. Oh, Troy Apke. All right, Mr. Who are you giving the edge to on special teams?
2: Going with us. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say something different than Troy Apke. I'm gonna say DeAndre Carter. Uh, I don't think he takes one back to the house, but I think he gets two or three big returns that puts us into Green Bay territory and at least gives us a running chance or you know a puncher's chance at uh, putting some points up on the board. So I'm going
1: with him. Well, the the fall I see in your logic is this. Number one. You're if, not talking about Troy Apke. <laughs> you're definitely not talking <laughs> yeah. about
2: Troy Apke. That's the downfall, yep.
1: But aside from Troy Apke, if you're if we're if carter is taking kicks and returning them green bay has scored number one number two i'm just not convinced that we can force green bay to punt a whole heck of a lot so if he's returning kicks it's gonna have to be kickoffs which i don't want because so it's really not a flaw in your logic it's just (laughs) if you're right that's bad news for us basically um I'm going to give the edge to Green Bay. I just, I don't even know why at this point, because I feel like there's some things that we could do from a special teams perspective, but it just, man, I'm so bad about the game against the chiefs. I can't do it. All right. And uh, let's do coaching. as Mr. Who suggested last week. So we had, or we have, excuse me, Ron Rivera. We have Jack Del Rio and we have Scott Turner. They have Joe Barry as their D coordinator. They have Matt LaFleur, former Washington football team coach, uh, as their head coach. And I believe he's also their offensive coordinator. They may have somebody else with that title as well, but he's the real offensive coordinator. So, Eric, who gets the coaching edge for you? I'm giving
3: it to Washington because Joe Barry is historically bad at his job. (laughs) He's worse, slightly worse at his job than Scott Turner is at his. Uh, So Washington has a slight edge in coaching. Mr. Who, do you agree?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Joe Barry. I mean, we we saw firsthand his genius here, and it uh, it wasn't very good. So uh, I've got to go with uh, Jack Del Rio, uh, Ron Rivera, and uh, Scott Turner. Hopefully, they were all sufficiently embarrassed on Sunday enough that they say, "All right, enough's enough. Let's let's maybe make a little bit of changes."
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Green Bay because their head coach Matt Lafleur is eighteen and four. In two years as their coach, so they're five and one right now. I did not even realize it. I felt like they were struggling to start the season. They were not. They are five and one. Wait, eighteen and, and four in two years? That's yeah. bad math. Eighteen and four. Yeah, they were thirteen and three last year, and they're five and one so far. Oh, yeah, they were five and one. Yes. So over the last two years, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Last year, man, like because this is his third year as a coach. That's why I was wondering. Uh, my bad. Okay, so okay, clarifying because I'm sure the okay. listening were probably. Equally is confused. What I mean is, last year they were thirteen and three, and a five and one to start the year. This year, so eighteen and four um, in their last twenty two games. Maybe, I can but Lafleur did hire Joe Barry. Yeah, you know where he hired him from. Lafleur, yeah, I mean, get it? See what I did there? He got him off Lafleur. <laughs> uh, throw the flag. <laughs> All right, Eric, tell me how this game plays out this weekend. Badly. um
3: I don't see a cap on how many points Green Bay can score honestly uh, but I predicted over 40 for the Chiefs last week and they held them the third held them air quotes to 31 because the chiefs couldn't figure out what how to play offense in the first half. Uh, I'm gonna roll 38 17 Green Bay another, another another laugher it's not gonna be close.
1: Ouch, man yeah we're, we're
3: getting. I, they give me one reason why I have any reason to think otherwise. You sound like Tracy Chapman.
1: Give me one reason to stay yeah. here.
3: <laughs> Mr. Who, what do you got? I'm starting to feel as a fan, too.
2: <laughs> I see it being, uh, yeah, Green Bay plays a little bit more disciplined on offense. Uh, one of the things I you know, I thought last week uh, on the pod was uh, the the Chiefs play a little undisciplined, a little reckless, and they can because they're so talented. Uh, the Packers are much more disciplined on offense, so I see them right from the start Running away with this. It's 42 21. Uh, we get a few late uh, points, but again, for most of the game, we're shut out.
1: Uh I'm not gonna be so doom and gloom. I'm gonna bring the positivity right here. Oh, wait, I just checked. This game's in Green Bay. Okay. So I'm gonna say it's gonna be 35 to 16. And Green Bay is gonna win it. Sorry, I wanted to be positive, but you got to you can't build positivity off of nothing. You got to have some evidence or some reason to be positive.
3: Okay, real quick, name one good thing that might happen this week.
1: I like that. Uh, here's one. Oh, one ray of sunshine. I got it. I have it. We um are going to have a play over 70 yards this week. That's my what's going to happen positively. We're going to give right. up play over seventy. 70- no, no, we're going to offensively <laughs> more than one. Actually, yeah, <laughs> we're going to be in the Guinness Book of Records. No, yeah. we're going to have an offensive play over seventy yards. What's yours? All three? right. Well, who what's yours?
2: Uh, mine is Jeremy Reeves will be elevated to the active roster. Um, Bobby McCain. Uh, this is all one. I'm including as one big transaction. Uh, Bobby McCain will be go. Uh, will go to backup. Landon will be deactivated. Curl will be the full-time starting strong safety, along with Reeves at free
3: safety. Hmm, so you're getting – wow, that's a that's a bold statement. But I yep. like it because Collins is just – he should be playing for Joe Barry. All right, my positive uh, this week is Jamin Davis creates a turnover.
1: Yes. That's a good
3: he one. takes another step
1: in his progression, and he Ooh. creates a turnover this week. I love it. Love to hear it. Because if if you're not going to win games, at least your young guys can get better. And if that happens, you kind of got to be okay with it to some degree. So I'll take it. Fellas, that wraps another show. If you are listening, subscribe. Tell your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And look, we don't like not being able to be as positive as we want to be, but it's all based on the results on the field. They have not been terrific thus far. Yes, we understand we're in a rebuild, but if we're in a rebuild, let the young guys play. Give us, show us the plan. Put your future stars in the game. Let them develop. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Any any parting thoughts, guys? Drink early, drink often, just like last week. Po it up. All right. Well, hey, we are. Oh, you got something, Mister Who? No,
2: no, no. Just all positive thoughts.
1: Anything. He already started. Thank you. <laughs> Fellas, let's go watch the football team. See you Sunday.